on this, the 34th episode of Ask the Masters podcast, we're going into the trenches with Master Bill Drakeley of Drakeley Pool Company. Bill is a third generation pool builder and a leader in the North American Concrete Construction Industry, ACI. Enjoy this master profile episode. Hello and welcome to the Ask the Masters podcast. This podcast is dedicated to discussions about the design and construction of water shapes. The hosts of the show are all certified SWD masters who represent the leading builders and designers within the water shaping industry today. Hi, I'm Grant Smith with Ocalink Pools and Spas. I'm here with SWD master Bill Drakeley from Drakeley Pool Company. Bill, it's great to have you here. Thank you. Bill, how'd you? I know you have a long family history of being in the pool business. Kind of go back on that and uh, tell us your background of, of your family and how you got started. Sure. So um, uh, my grandfather, who uh, World War II vet, D-Day invasion, came back from uh, his tour duty and started a septic and swimming pool company. Uh, late 40s, early 50s. He did um, originally uh, line pools. He used to build the pool for clients. He'd sell the pool and have uh, Esther Williams pay her 100 bucks, have her come out of the city and take the first swim oh, in the wow. pool. So that's yeah. how he would sell some of this okay. stuff. So he started the pool and construction company, uh, got into concrete, um, late 50s, early 60s, and that turned into a company called Scott Swimming Pool Company, which is still in existence today. Uh, I worked as a kid uh, with some crews. I worked, my parents ran a swim and tennis club, which had a large pool. So I did lifeguarding, I did pool maintenance, I did pool construction with the construction company. So I kind of grew up All right. with concrete and uh, swimming pool water as a, as yeah. a, what I, I mean, we had to do it in the summer. My, my brothers and sisters, you know, you weren't, we didn't lollygag, you finished school and you went to work. And that right. was the way it was. And yeah. It's a, an old Italian family where that's, you work five, six, seven days a week and whatever it took. And, you know, we had a saying, you work hard. When you work, work hard. When you play, play hard. Right. And that's what yeah. we did. So that's how my brothers and sisters and I grew up. Um, I went to school uh, at uh, Northeastern University in Boston. Big sports fan. I played a lot of sports in college. And, you know, when I got out of school, I, was, I went into a uh, management banking program. And I did a lot of co-ops through the school, and I just did not want to go shovel any more concrete. Or right. I just yeah, ah, no blame had enough of it. <laughs> you know, but you know, I got into the corporate world, and I got into banking in Connecticut. Uh, and I'm like, I hate this. Yeah. I hate sitting behind a desk. And, you know, I'm kind of a guy who likes to be his own boss or just create things. And so I'm, I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. So I, my family, it's uh, we're kind of... Um, uh, I guess we're not odd for an Italian family, but we've had, I'm a third generation pool builder and I have uncles who have different pool companies who have sued each other and been legal battles and, you know, we kind of, kind of grew up in, uh, I wouldn't call it dysfunction, I would call it normal for an Italian concrete right. business. <laughs> so I went to work for both uncles in the pool right. business because they both asked me to come. I had a college education. I was... Uh, a little bit of financial background, marketing background. So I said, okay, come in and let's help me run this place. So I right. worked for one and then I didn't, you know, I was going to work for him and his kids. I wasn't going to do that. Wouldn't work for the other one and kind of the same thing. Right. You know, and I'm like, okay, as, a, as coming up through the trade, I would sell and build commercial applications. I would do the renovations. I would start selling new pools, client contacts. So I was doing everything for somebody else and I'm, 
And, you know, I said to my wife at the time, I'm like, ah, this is, you know, I'm 65 hours, 70 hours a week, right. and I'm not the one collecting yeah. all the proceeds. Right. So in 2000, I started my own company, uh, Drakely Pool Company. Oh, great. Now, you know, you're, big, you're an expert in Chakri. Did that start with your, your dad? And did he do his own Chakri? Is that well, how you kind of got into it? Or? No, the, the, the family companies, the pool industry is funny, and I realized this when I started my own pool company, that... Nobody really knows what the hell they're talking about, right? Especially right. in concrete. And I, you know, I went through two, you know, when I was a kid, through the swim club and the family pool business to the two uncles' businesses, and they just knew what they learned from the guy holding the hose. Right. I mean, that's how right. I learned holding right. the hose. That's I'm holding the hose, a guy, and the nozzle's in front of me. Whatever he does, I'm assuming is correct. Right. And that's how the education and the generational flaws get passed down. Right. I mean, this is why we're all stupid. Right. Because there's been no training and we're watching the guy in front of us and he may or may not do it right. Chances are he's doing something wrong. So when I started my pool company in 2000, I knew that I didn't know what I was doing. Right. I, I had a feeling. So I got involved with the American Chakrit Association and a, an older gentleman came out who was kind of the father of modern Chakri, uh, George Yagi, who has since passed, who was a mentor to me. And he kind of explained what's going on and he got us certified as, you know, trained and right. licensed as proper nozzle, me and a couple of other guys in my company. And then I got involved in the American Concrete Institute. So the American Concrete Institute is a global uh, grouping of engineers, specifiers, contractors, suppliers who write technical specifications. So I went to the first couple of meetings with the ASA and the ACI, and I'm sitting there like, oh, man, I yeah. really don't know what I'm talking about. And nobody in my industry has a clue that we're basically doing everything wrong. And that was, you know, 2002 or so, and, and I, so I started to get involved with that kind of stuff right away. All right, great. Now, how, when, when did you come into Genesis? I mean, how did you learn about it? And then eventually, how did you become an instructor? Uh... In uh, about 2003 or 2004, I saw an ad in one of the magazines that said, how good do you want to be? And it, I think it had a, a picture of forming steel, plumbing, big steel, double Ks, that kind of stuff. And, and I was used to that growing up because we did commercial installations. We did uh, competitive venues, 50-meter pools, mm -hmm. competitive stainless steel gutter, movable bulkheads. So my, my pool education as a kid growing up was big format. Big steel, big pipes, you know, none of that stuff was foreign right. to me. So I'm looking at a residential pool with a commercial specification, and I'm like, you know, I never, I never transferred the two. I always did, there were two different animals. Lousy little residential pool, 3-8 right. steel, maybe a little bit of half inch, right. you know, 12 or 6 inch on center, big deal, to the commercial stuff. And I'm looking at this one picture, and I'm like, that's what we need to do in my area and kind of differentiate myself with the rest of the competition. I already knew I was knew more about structural design and concrete implementation than anybody else, right. but I wasn't at that level yet, and that's right. where I wanted to be. So I saw the ad. I took the first, I think it was a construction school in Maryland. We were, I was introducing myself to the, the Genesis guys, Skip, David, and Brian, and what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a pool builder, and I do, uh, I'm involved with in the HCI. And, oh, would you want to teach a class? And that's at the point where... You know, I, I took, I, actually I brought up the fact, I looked at the builder's manual and I, f I forget the name of the, the guy who was teaching the construction school concrete and steel mm -hmm. section. And I'm looking at him like, this is wrong. Right. And I brought this up to one of the instructor, one of the guys, I think it, it might have been Skipper David. 
I said, you know, you're teaching something that's incorrect here. Right. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is a this is the national standard. I said, it's not the national standard. It's a pool standard, but the pool standard does the pool standard doesn't mean anything. Right. The pool standards you blow your nose with and throw in the garbage. This the ACI and the ASA say certain things about concrete compressive value, durability, water cement ratio, all that, all that crap. All so I showed it to them, and I says, well. And they kind of went back and forth. They called me. Some, I forget which one. Skip might have been the one to call me or David. said, would you mind teaching or coming right. up? Can you do this? And I said, well, I can, I'll tell everybody what I know. Right. And, uh, you know, uh, that's when it started. And it kind of took off from that. Why, I mean, going back to kind of the, the proper way to do things in the, co in the national codes, and yeah. why is that so important? I mean, I get this all the time. It's like, well, that's, that's a code for, you know, like a, a, a water plant or, you know, something like that. Why is that code that you're talking about, why does that transfer to the pool industry? And why should we use that code? Well, it's a standard, right. and it's a standard of durability and, and expectation if you do things right. So the pool industry, concrete application, the American Concrete Institute, they come up with uh, application technique standards and expected durability, lifespan, what this concrete member is supposed to do. The pool industry doesn't own the sprayed concrete process. The sprayed concrete process is totally um, independent of any industry. Certain industries take it and use it to their benefit, but it's not designed for the pool industry, like it's not designed for the subway or any of that stuff. So, you know, we do a lot of the subway. Uh, I own three companies, and, and uh, one of them is Draco Industries, and we do subway design uh, for sprayed concrete implementation. We do training for underground unions. So Grand Central Station, uh, 2nd Avenue, 7th Avenue, all the new uh, subway systems in New York City, we had a hand in training or helping with the sprayed concrete process, which is, if you think about it, it's an inverted pool. Right. Or a pool is an inverted subway system if right. it's done right. So yeah. the, the application of sprayed concrete and its benefits of self-consolidation, of adherence, of no cold joints, of monolithic shooting, of very high compressive values is universal to a lot of different industries. So the fact that pool guys say, well, uh, you know, th this is how we do it in the pool industry. This is our expected values of, say, compressive 2,000 PSI. 20. That's BS. Right. They're not following anybody's rules. The, the pool industry, and, and this is what I said in that first class, I said to the guys at the head of Genesis, I said, this is wrong. Y you're teaching something that a pool guy came up with that some other idiot pool guy came up with years right. ago, and you just, you put it in writing, you put it in the manual, and everybody thinks it's correct. Well, the source, the, the reference, the Bible of sprayed concrete is the American Concrete Institute. It has, it has nothing to do with the pool industry. Right. Yeah. So if you're going to expect the, you're going to have the expectations of quality durability and quality implementations, the pool guys aren't setting that. That comes from the American Concrete Institute, and there are a lot smarter people there, and there right. aren't anybody in the pool industry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a great explanation. I mean, I get asked that all the time by other pool guys, and, you know, we've had those debates, you know, through the years. So right. I just wanted to clarify that. I know it's kind of off course of, you know, talking no, about no, you, no. but it's, it's, you know, I think it's a great explanation, and it really clarifies it. Grant, so. it's a, it's a, we get it a lot. So I do a lot of expert. Uh, the third business we have is expert witness testimony construction defect. Attorneys and litigation and depositions. We get this all the time. So, well, you know, we've been, the pool guy says he's been doing this for years. I've been installing pools this way for 30 years. I never had a problem. Well, number one, he's a liar, right. and number two, he doesn't know what he doesn't know. But you, you can't 
the pool industry is terrific. There's a lot of good things, a lot of good education with the Genesis Group and what we're doing. But that knowledge, that, that reference history does not come from us. Right. And if you're going to use the process correctly by the American Chakra Association, the ACI, you have to do it according to their rules, not what the pool guys say, oh, I've always done it this way because, like me, right. hell, I made every mistake in the book. I'm holding the hose behind somebody else and I'm watching them do it and I'm saying, okay, I can do what he's doing. Whether that's right or wrong, who the hell knows? Right. So, I mean, pool guys just don't know what they don't know and if they were to take it, I took a big step back. So I, I came into my business, the pool company, and I says, I just, I'm not comfortable with what I know so far. I have to re-educate myself. So I did a very, very thorough, well, I think thorough, as a, right. as a dumb redneck from the Northeast, <laughs> I think thorough uh, re-educating of the standards and then applying them to my business. And that allowed me to do subway tunnels, soil nailing, right. uh, wine caves, you know, anything with sprayed concrete tech. I mean, shooting concrete is the ideal way to place, shooting chakra is the ideal way to place concrete. So it's a, it's chakra, it's a verb, it's an action and you're spraying it. And man, there's so many things you can do with it and there's no time limit, there's no expansion joints, there's no cold joints, it's all monolithic. But just having the understanding grant of all that stuff right. allows me to open both doors right. and say, can we do this type of job? Absolutely. Can we shoot a grotto? Absolutely. Can I go from a swimming pool and shoot, you know, shoot a set of stairways to a lazy river behind us? Absolutely. And right. I don't have the fear that some guys have of placed concrete through the shotcrete process is just a lack of knowledge. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, absolutely. Is. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to like when you started directly pool company, you started getting more educated. Yeah, you know, getting into the Genesis pro program. Have you seen like an increase in the way your projects, as far as like um, complexity, and then also you know monetarily yeah. uh, in your yeah. projects? Oh yeah, my guys are pissed at me. I said, can't <laughs> right. you just build a twenty by forty in a right. backyard that's flat? He said, right. can't you do it once? Yeah. We went from you know a thirty-six by eighteen. Bluestone coping, gray plaster, pump filter heater, maybe a spa. And I was selling those back in 2000 for, I don't know, 50, 60 grand. Right. We just finished a project that's been in a couple of the magazines already uh, down in, uh, in uh, Shoreline in Connecticut. And Rick Chafee was helping me with the acrylic panel. We have a grand old cover that comes out of the floor. We got a slot perimeter overflow on the grass side with a stainless steel holdback, three quarter right. inch grass up to the edge of the stainless steel, which we fabricate ourselves, downhill side to vanishing edge, bazaza tile, right. wet edge surface. It's a million bucks. Yeah, right. And my guys are like, ah, can't we just yeah. build a simple, can we go home at night and just you know finish what we're trying to do? Right, yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, the education, I always said this, and I've said this in a number of uh, magazine articles that I've done over the years. We write for the American Chakra Association, we write with Pool and Spa News, Aqua Magazine, uh, with Jimmy McCloskey at Watershades. We do a lot of, and we're always in publication. And I'm very proud of that fact because people respect what we do and respect our project. And, uh, but I, and I always said, I thought we would get there eventually. But All without right. the Genesis education, without the details. Right. You know, I talk about details in concrete technology and concrete science and steel and engineering. And Dave Peterson and I, teach together all over the country and we and Paulo Benedetti and Rick Chafee and we just we, we we do a pretty good job I think as a collective team I think I would have got there original uh, eventually but not as quick and not I mean we grew leaps and bounds and it got kind of tough yeah. for a while I'm like you know we're going from a rectangle pool in a flat piece of backyard to a vanishing edge with a 
uh, the weir wall toehold driven down right. to uh, to ledge or building a, a, a commercial um, re a residential pool on 65 steel piles right. in Long Island Sound. Yeah, you know, that's a big jump. Yeah. So it went quick, but I'm glad it went quick. It was a big learning curve. Um, I've made my mistakes along the way. I don't, uh, you know, yeah. I haven't. Each project, I don't have one project that went exactly as I planned. Sure. Yeah. And I think it's important for everybody to know that, you know, I, I got to crack some pools just like everybody else. Right. But I know I know probably why they occurred and how to remedy that or explain to a client like, hey, concrete shrinks. Right. Your concrete's going to crack. It has to crack. Right. Based on going from a plastic state to a solid uh, to a hardened state, it has to crack. Whether it's a micro fracture or a micro crack or a big seam going back down the middle of the pool, I right. mean, there's yeah. different reasons for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's um, in your market. Uh, obviously, are you most of your competition is probably you know, you're kind of, are you dominating your area of the market or? Uh, are there other good builders that you know are kind of around you? There's a few good builders. I don't think anybody does it as 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 technically difficult to pool, and our reputation is one that uh, okay, well, well, Drakeley Pools can do this, yeah. but Drakeley Pools is right cost is here, so we still go through uh, a review by the clients. Not all of them, like the right. the project I did um, in Greenwich with the acrylic panels. I have two acrylic panels. V vanishing edge, slot perimeter overflow, stainless steel, glass tile, spa, everything. Uh, I didn't, we didn't bid against anybody. The right. architect, the landscape architect said, this is a guy who wants to do, and the, and I, the owner says, well, what can make a pool cool? This is what you can do, this, 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 and this. I mean, there's a lot right. of things you yeah. can do. He said, well, let's do them all. Right. And I'm like, Jesus, me and my big damn right. house. Right. Like, what did I get myself into? So that kind of stuff, I don't bid against anybody. But I still get the local... Uh, I'm in New England, Connecticut, New York area, and I still get the weekend Wall Street guy, right? Um, summer house or something like that, and they don't know everything we can do. And I'm not a terrific salesman when it comes to saying this is why we're better than everybody else, right? So there's that we still compete, and there's still uh, you know bidding going on with us. So I don't dominate the market because of that, and we're usually the highest price. Right, gotcha. But the other good thing is, so I. The amount of teaching that I do in concrete science, in pool construction, um, all the techniques of building a pool, uh, most of the pool builders in my area uh, respect what we do and they'll call me and ask me, how do I do this or how yeah, do I do that great. or can yeah. you come, come down and take a look at this for me and I'm absolutely happy to do it. That's great. Yeah. I took my cue from, from Skip Phillips a long time ago. You raised the bar. You know, you, you, yeah. all the boats float at the same time. So right. if I can get everybody to improve their, or help everybody to improve their product, then there's, there's that, not that scumbag low bidder. Right. That makes the owner question what you're doing. Right. So, yeah. Okay, you're here, Bill, and this guy's here. I want to be somewhere in the middle. And I'm like, I, I'm not going in the middle. This right. guy doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. And so I don't, I said, well, I, you think to yourself, well, how the hell do we get rid of these I mean, I have a, a sign in my office that's uh, low bidders will be shot, survivors will be shot again. Right. I mean, they're the worst because they <laughs> right. these guys ruin that's the industry. True, yeah. They ruin the industry. They make mistakes. And they say, okay, this pool guy ru ruined his, the gun is bad or the shot creek's right. bad or whatever. So all pools are bad or all pools are crooks. All, all pool yeah. guys are crooks. And that drives me nuts. So I'm happy to allow, you know, I'll tell the guys, look, I'll tell you what I know. I'll yeah. come down and take a look at your project. And I'll meet with the owner and say, yeah, he's okay, or just got to do this. And I do this for, for builders in the tri-state region. And I'm happy to do it because it allows, let's, if I can help a guy 
you know, I get this all the time in an Atlantic City show. Somebody asked me once a class, Bill, why do you, why do you tell everybody your secrets? And my answer is because if I don't and if I can't help the guy improve his product, you're going to improve right. your product and you spend more money, it's going to cost more to the client. Right. Then we become... A more level playing field. More level yeah. playing field. Right. We're like this. Right. I'm not getting the job and maybe the low guy's not getting it, but somebody else is getting it. Yeah. So if I can help somebody improve their product, charge a little more, we get a little bit closer. There's plenty of work out there. It's not like we're all stuff. So being a low bidder is, is you know, I just want to shoot you. Right. I mean, it's just awful. Yeah. So everybody can build a better product, quality concrete, do the right engineering, come up. I mean, we'll all have plenty of work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, same thing for me. It's like, I, you know, it's just, it drives me crazy when we're $30,000 above the next guy. And, you know, it's like, we cannot go that low. There's just no way you can build a pool properly without, you know, doing what we're doing. Or right. at least, you know, this guy's not doing anything what he should be doing. So yeah. it's, it's pretty frustrating. So, it, you know, yeah. it's, I was listening, you know, we all started selling these pools at this much and I, uh, you know, $50,000. I can't build a residential backyard pool knowing what we all know now right, through yeah. the education, proper steel, concrete coverage, soil testing, drainage. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as building a $50,000 pool. Right. Not in my area. Yeah, it costs us more yeah. to do that. So right. if I'm selling a basic pool, a basic pool is going to be 85 grand, 90 grand. And we got guys still selling it at, at the $50,000, $55,000. And the client would say to me, Bill, you know, he's at 55. I says, he's not building the same thing I am. Because if right. he was, he'd be out of business. Right. He's cheating you somehow, some way. He's cheating the process. Right. Materials, uh, engineering, soil science, you name it. He's not doing what we're doing. Right. And that's a hard sell to the client. Yeah. Which is why yeah. I think teaching and, and just kind of, you know, you, you get to be, uh, you, you don't want to be adversarial with your competition. You want to be right. respectful. And I think it's going to help the industry Right. As a whole. Yeah, absolutely. Now, going back to like you were talking about your employee, when you started making that jump from just doing, you know, your 18 by 36 bluestone coping pool mm -hmm. to more complex projects, um, did, did you just get your employees and, and your other, whatever, if you use any subs ready to say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do and we're going to move forward this way? Or well, I, it uh, just kind of gradually happened and everybody had adapted to it? Yeah, no. It's, uh, so when I, I went to local high school and... Uh, Guys that I grew up with, my brothers grew up with local. I mean, we grew up in a, a, not rural, but a farming community, antique community, that kind of stuff. Old uh, Woodbury, Connecticut, uh, 1659. My family was one of the original founding families wow. uh, back in 1659. So we've been there a long time. So we know everybody. And when I started the business, I knew a couple guys from the my, my uh, family's company that weren't happy. And we started it. And we just kind of grew and some of the guys come over and we picked a couple of the guys. I and mean, they're all, most of the guys that I have are farm boys. Right. Farm boys are self-reliant out of necessity. They can run a backhoe, they can run an excavator, they can run a front end loader, they can run a concrete pump, they can fix the trucks. I mean, so I have a couple of foremen, uh, one who's close to my age and younger, close to my son's age, who are terrific, who know how to do this. Now, when I worked at my family's company, some of these guys were working with me building these big pools. So the, the complexity of the project wasn't something that was over our head. Right. We could do it. It was just paying attention to the details. So we're right now, I mean, I started with three employees. I have about 20 full time. Um, at the height of the season, I have 26. Wow. We have a full service company, vacuum maintenance chemicals. Uh, we renovate uh, a lot of pools. 
And then we have our construction division. Division's right. good. I think about twenty something trucks. Right. Did you find like when you do commercial pools versus doing some of those residential pools that you were just talking about with the acrylic windows and the floor in the the covers that come on the floor, it is our commercial pools kind of like not since they're are not as complex and they're easier to do or can they just be as hard to do as as a oh, really commercial pools is hard to do. Yeah. You have you have exacting tolerance, especially if you're doing a competitive swimming environment. You're building a you're building a concrete pool in a yard seventy five feet one right. inch or meters eighty two feet uh, two inches. Right. When it goes from stainless steel touch pad to touch pad on a competitive racing, you can, and the bulkhead movable bulkhead's got to slide. So these parameters got to be exacting. Right. So it is as hard, and the steel's bigger, and there's more yeah. concrete, and shooting's a little bit harder. But uh, principles are the same. We we talked about this yesterday in some of the. Uh, the podcast, and I think Rick brought it up, uh, Rick Chafee, uh, or maybe you did too. I mean, every pool doesn't have to be a million bucks. Right, yeah. But the principles, especially in concrete science, have to be the same. Right. You have water cement ratios, you have uh, uh, mixed design ratios, and posolins, and chemistry, and all kinds of this stuff that are, are the same, whether it's a subway tunnel, a, a wine cave, swimming pool. You name it. You got to yeah. make sure you know what you're talking about. So that that's the good part with our crew, is they understand all this. Because I I preach this, you know, I'm blue, I'm blue right. in the face, and our guys get this and they get the fact that, okay, we need to, we may need to change up based on the ready mix plant what their raw materials are because of how it pumps through our hose, mm. whether we right. use slick line or rubber or whatever. So right, it's the guys understand it. And and back to your original question, I think, the. Um, where we are as a crew, nothing's over their head. Right. We've got some smart farm boys, and I'm, uh, I'm a country boy myself. So we, right. and if we if we don't know, we will tell the client. Right. Like so, give you an example. This acrylic window was supposed to be an L-shaped fused panel from Reynolds, and we were going through a vendor who will remain nameless because they're goddamn criminals. Okay. I'm not going right. to name their name. Right. <laughs> uh, right before shipping, we get a call that the manufacturer can't fuse the panels or having a problem. They did one in Long Island, they keep splitting. So they, they knew this a long time ago, they didn't tell me. The vendor right. didn't tell me. Yeah. So now I look, because I have a completion date for my client down there, and, I, and the client says, well, what are we gonna do about this? This is a disaster. I says, well, as I told you in the beginning, I will tell you when I don't know, and I don't know that we can get this fuse panel. I don't know if it's gonna work. He said, okay. He said, well, I appreciate your honesty. I mean, you're the first person to ever tell me that you don't know. Uh, for right. the pool industry, can we do this? Oh, sure, we can do it. I said, I don't know if this is going to work or not. So we got Rick Chafee involved, and we have, we sliced the panel by the manufacturer. We got a big stainless steel mullion, and we put it together, and we figured it out. Right. The the beauty of what we say to a client, and the beauty of, of uh, our, I, I, I don't have a filter as you. Yeah, right. You can tell, and I apologize. <laughs> no, apologize, right. everybody. <laughs> But I will, <laughs> I will tell the client exactly what I'm thinking. I will right. tell the client, look, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to perform. I don't know what the durability is. And I told the owner, I said, I don't know how this panel is going to react to the freezing thawing of, of New England weathers with a nor'easter coming through. Right. So he said, well, all right, what are the options? He said, well, the option is we'll slice this thing. We'll put a stainless steel mullion on with Rick's help. And then we'll put a, sec a third hydraulic loop in the pool and we'll run the water in the winter. You've got to be okay with spending all the money on the heating. Right. We'll keep the water clean. We won't have it overflow, but we'll have a temperature consistency against the glass that'll stop uh, flexure and expansion and contraction. Helps the silicone joints. Right. It helps the pool. It gives longevity to the panels, 
but you got to make sure you pay for the electricity and the gas, and that's coming down the pike. Right. And I'm like, Kabish, and he's like, I get it. Right. So, I mean, working with homeowners and just being totally honest, like, oh, man, I don't know. Let's yeah. figure it out. Right. And having part of the team and we're all in a collective effort, that's what makes us a little yeah. bit different. Well, it's, you know, just being truthful with your client and expectations. Yeah. You know, I've always found that out. I mean, you deal with a lot of extreme weather. I mean, I'm here right here in Southern California. I mean, it's, if, it, if it's below 75 and, and above 80, it's like we're panicking. So, I mean, with, with what you do, I mean, what kind of precautions do you guys do, like in the wintertime? I mean, do you work through all the, the winter? Or? Well, sometimes we've, we've had to. We've had to uh, put electric heating blankets on the ground to keep the frost out. We've had the tents. I mean, we've done some big commercial pools on the ocean where uh, a yacht club, uh, and we did uh, meters and did a di big diving well. And we have, uh, you know, uh, hundreds of steel yeah. piles driven down a refusal, two and a half foot thick floor, number seven bars. Wow. You know, yeah. pump that in concrete and then shoot the walls. So we've we've had to get general contractor had to get a tent, hundred fifty thousand dollar temporary tent. To wow. work through the winter so they can make their Memorial Day party. So, yeah, right. we do that. Um, uh, what was the other part? Yeah, of just question? if you're, you know, when you work through winter, I mean, the challenges that you get run into, it sounds like, oh, you yeah. know, the tents and. Well, the tent, so our, so in New England, so we're working in Connecticut, Massachusetts, New York, so we have a temperature differential of 100 degrees, or if not more. Right. Coldest part yeah. is, you know, I was minus 10 this past year, and I get up to 105 wow. in the summer. So, yeah. What does that do to my product? And I'll tell the client. She says, "Well, why are you? Why is why are you so much more? Why is all this steel?" And you know, the other pool guy says he doesn't need it. I said, "The other pool guy doesn't realize he's got a hundred degree temperature differential." And you, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, are on this hill on the north side of the hill, going to take zero degrees of frost and wind and a nor'easter, and then it's going to get a hundred degrees when you don't have any wind going through when the sun goes on the other side, or when the sun comes right. up. I mean, you, you're so you have both. And I said, "You need to build a pool that's going to." satisfy that type of durability requirements right i says but you know the good thing is and i've seen it happen to a number of clients i said you know if you don't do this the right way you're going to have a chance of failure and then you may see me again through right. construction <laughs> defect right i said let's do it right the first time and i've had both cases where you know bill we want you to come out and we don't want you to say you told us so I right said, that's the first thing i'm gonna say <laughs> i don't care i told you so right <laughs> I don't say they don't. They didn't know you that well. Well, I mean, that's why I'm not a right. very good. I'm not a yeah. very good salesman. But I'm like, yeah. you know, I told you so, and right. here we are. Yeah. Well, what do we do? I said, you take it out, right? Because the pool company who built this in, the pool cracks because of thermal conditions, thermal pressures. The pool's not going to get any better. You can't patch this kind of stuff. I mean, right. if you if you build a structure incorrectly based on its geographic parameters, yeah, you got to take it out. Right. Yeah. I mean. And I do this. I do that type of uh, uh, consulting and, and expert witness testimony all over the all over the country. The country really. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? Uh, do you think you know with the Genesis and just in general, all your what you do? Or is a pool shot creating industry? You think moving a little bit forward, or yes. at least pool builders? Yes, architects and engineers. Our big push with the American, as a as a past president of the American Chocolate Association and the chairman of the ACI 506 New Chocolate Committee, which is the law of the land. Most engineers, architects throughout the country are picking up on minimum values that you're supposed to do. They're going back to uh, ASA and AC, or maybe for the first time, but they're realizing that, and the internet and the social media, it's got a lot to do with this, but there's the information's out there and they're finding it. And right. they're hearing about, well, what about this 4,000 PSI? Right. And of course, an architect or an engineer 
uh, well, most engineers on architectural, they're, they're going to they're going to defer to the higher standard. Right. And then if they do a little research, they say, well, this is exactly what it's supposed to be. Right. So we get. Yeah. So at the American Chakra Association has a technical committee where people write in, and as a writer for the magazine, we'll get questions by homeowners, right. architects, engineers. Well, my pool contractor says this. Is this correct? And right. No, it's not correct. And it should be this. Yeah. And here's your references. So slowly but surely, the word is getting out. Not only about concrete science and, and durability, but Genesis program and the Society of Watershed Designers and like, you know, this is there's a lot more to pool building than what you see, Mr. and Mrs. Client. Right. I mean, there's a huge difference, and here's the educational background that proves it. Right. Uh, tell us a little bit about your work with the ASA because you were the first pool contractor or pool guy, I guess you could say that was on the board, correct? I was the uh, uh, not for the ASA for no. the for the oh, ACI. ACI. Sorry. Yeah. I'm well. So I tried to join the American Concrete Institute uh, as a voting member of the 506 committee, which is the Shockreed committee, which is all Shockreed around the globe. And uh, I went to the meetings and I was politely told that I'm not going to be on this because pool guys uh, are the worst of the worst and they make everybody else in this committee look bad. And I kind of, I got that. Right, yeah. So you guys saying to me, said, well, Mr. Drakeley, you know, we appreciate your enthusiasm. We want you to contribute. We're not going to let you vote because we don't want pool guys anywhere near the science and the engineering and the implementation of this standard writing. When they write a book, it's a legal document, right. ends up in court. We don't want a pool guy involved in that because you guys have screwed up the, op the whole process for everybody else. You know, pool guys are the worst of the worst. I mean, all the nightmares you hear about bad dry mixer, wet mixer, any of the failures, nine out of ten times came from the pool industry. So I had, to, and I realized that. So I sat there patiently and became part of the American Chakra Association, became the president of the association, was a pool committee chairman. And we started, and with, we pulled Genesis and ASA together and started showing the products. And we started winning some of the Place Concrete Awards for the ASA, you know, showing right. good process, not, not just a pretty picture, but what we went about doing it. And we finally, at least my company and me, got accepted for what we did and they and I said to the board one time I said look I'm gonna they said well Bill would you help write some of these technical papers and would you help us on the general 506 committee I says I will I says but you guys need to embrace the pool industry a little bit more why and I says well if nine out of the ten of the problems are caused by the pool industry and you have no pool industry representation here. How do you think the pool industry yeah, is going to get any right, better? Yeah. And, and how are you not going to keep getting black eyes from somebody else? Okay, would you right. come on? I said, yeah. So I'm the only voting member from the pool industry on the five Oaks ACI committee in the, yeah, in the country. Right, yeah. And, I, and uh, we, have, we have a subcommittee now. It's called Pool Shock Reads, a 506OH. And we're going to write a technical manual specifically for pool guys and pool shock. Yeah, that's great. And yeah. so that'll be you, whoever's going to, whether you're shooting out yeah. here in California or up in Maine or in Florida, that's the Bible. Right. That's a legal document that an attorney's going to take to court and lay it on the, lay it right. on the witness stand and say, did you follow these techniques? Yes or no? Right. And that's what it's going to come down yeah. to. So we're, we're doing that for education of the pool industry. We're doing it for education for the homeowner. We're doing to get everybody on the same page. So you can't go take a look at, uh, 
some manual written by the pool industry. Right. And it says right here, this is what they recommend. Right. And there's no doubt as far as like, you know, if, if I have a client that, you know, doesn't believe me because she's got, or he or she's got five other people talking her ear on the other side, mm -hmm. I can say, well, just look at the reference in the ACI. And right now it just kind of says, you know, this is just for like a, 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 a tank that holds water. Right. And they don't under translate to that actually means a pool because right. the pool holds water. Right. So that'd be great if you come out with something specific. Well, for, that's, for that's why we, yeah. we, that's why we, we didn't have, they didn't, the ACI didn't have anyone to steer this committee. They didn't have a pool person right. in the know who was a voting member of the entire group, and now they do. Yeah. And, uh, and I brought in other pool guys and engineers to kind of help with this document, along with the, the engineering crew and the specifiers from ACI mm. Six. Now, I mean, most of the people who are on this committee are not pool-related whatsoever, right. which, is, which is what I want. But we need some type of pool input uh, to just to make it relevant for our industry. So once we get this, this should be a huge help to everybody. Right. And the only deterrent it's going to be is to people who, who write their own stuff, who, who minimize the values. Right, yeah. Any, any engineers or any uh, specifiers or any subcontractors who say, well, we shoot 2,500 PSI, you're not going to like this document. Right, yeah. Because you know, we call it as we see it. Right. And, and if you're going to use this process... The sprayed concrete process. If you're going to use it, and you're going to, you know, call it the same name we have at an ACI and ASA, here are the rules. If you're going to come up with your own process and call it something different, and you're not going to abide by that, we'll call it something different. Right. But don't yeah. don't take our process and bastardize it because you want to cheapen the product and cheapen the cost of the client, or cut out your cement content, or whatever you're going to do. Don't call what we have here. Call some. Call it your own thing. Right. Gotcha. I mean, what are you looking forward to in the future, as far as like you know your business? Uh, you know, what you where you expect to be at in ten years, and or uh, you expect to kind of pass it along to somebody else, or you're just going to keep on track until you know you you got you're done. Well, I got plenty of bills to pay, <laughs> so there's no retirement yeah. in my future. Right. <laughs> and uh, the Drakeley Pool Company is uh, we're working. I have my son involved in now. Uh, with our crew, and I have my daughter who's uh, taking a look at some of the Drake Lee industry uh, facets. So, you know, of the two or three companies, I, I want them all to be sustainable. And we're working to a point, Grant, where uh, they can survive without me. And as, a, as, a, as an entrepreneur and kind of the guy who started this part, it's very difficult. Because I went through a family business, and right. I, see that, I see how from the matriarch down to the second generation to the third generation, it gets tough. It's, yeah. it's not easy. Uh, but having sustainability and having that thought process and not having your thumb on every decision is right. important. Now, we're going through some growing pains where I sell, and people, the clients want to talk to me based on, especially on the more difficult pools, I'm the one selling it. And right. i got to kind of transition myself out of it and bring some more people in. So we're going to look for some project managers, and we're going to look to grow the company as far in terms of volume and in terms of uh, capability of the younger generation and just kind of let them blossom and there's going to be some bumps in the road but um you know it's uh, my goal in 10 years i still want to be doing what i'm doing because i'm still going to owe plenty of money to plenty of people right. i'm sure about <laughs> that but i want to take a do some more teaching i want to uh, uh do some more travel and uh, not have to dispatch yeah. in the morning Right. I'm, I'm breaking away from that now, but, uh, you know, there's always a general contractor calling, I need you to do this, or right. what's going on here? And I'm like, I don't know. My guy's got this. So yeah. we haven't figured that out yet. Right. But we have a good office staff. We have good people. Uh, we have an office manager named Carrie who's 
fabulous and very much smarter yeah. than anybody in the. I mean, all the all the uh, folks in the office are smarter than I am. So right. Okay. I'll let them well, do their thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just be the uh, have a good like I find out either have good employees and good subcontractors and then right. the everything else is easy. So yeah, it's a it's a it's a good process and and the concrete business is always changing. Right. And and with the American Concrete Institute and with groups like Genesis and we teach I teach at NESPA for New England uh, Spa and Pool Region 1 and some of the other venues whether it's with uh, SWD or Genesis or other folks I like to do that and there's always there's always expert witness right. stuff but I'm yeah. always going and that's I think that's going to be building up as we go on until we get to a point where these new builders coming in I mean you get new companies starting and they're more savvy than yeah. I was Especially with social media, yeah. So all this, all the educational stuff that we're doing, and all the teachings, people push of a yeah. button can find out what it's about. Like right. you know, when I started in two thousand, I wasn't doing that. I yeah. was looking at a magazine. I saw an ad. Right. Here, right here, I am. Yeah. I was lucky. Right. If I didn't see the ad, I, I don't know if I'd be sitting here. Yeah. I know that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Bill, it's great to have you here today. Sure. I mean, you've taught me a lot over the years. Um, I always look to, to you to actually teach us how to do it right. Um, so you've been I actually raised the bar in the industry, and we appreciate really it. appreciate it. So well, I try not to screw it up too much. Yeah. There you go. So, all right. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Asset Masters podcast. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page each week on Tuesdays for new episodes of the show. I also want to encourage you to stop by the Ask the Masters Facebook page and invite other like-minded individuals to join us there as well. Feel free to jump into the conversations and even post your own questions. We want to create a community which fosters learning and discovery for the betterment of us all. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please be sure to subscribe and feel free to share. 